going to start by reading uh, the Bible here this morning, a passage from uh, the book of Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 4, and it says this, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, poor writing to the church there, and I was uh, reading this uh, a number of weeks ago, and something really, really stood out to me in this passage. Something that just kind of is one of those times you're reading the Word of God, and it feels like that someone's highlighted some words, it's been bolded out, it's, uh, it is glaring at you. And there's three words that I read in that passage that did that to me on this day. Three words that describe our Lord Jesus. Describe Him. Three words that personally challenged me. Three words that at the same time have inspired me. Three words that I believe describe just how incredible and amazing Jesus was. Three words that I believe reveal a side of Jesus we should never forget about. And those three words were found in verse 7 when it said, but emptied himself. Emptied himself. You see, for life, I believe as humans, there's a bit of a natural tilt that many of us find ourselves kind of moving towards. And it's kind of a life where we're really self-focused. We're really looking at ourselves and it's a way that just seems to be so often easy to find ourselves there, to, to feel like it's the natural way to do life, to be very concerned about us, our bodies, about our dreams, about our desires in life. And we can easily find ourselves spending a large part of our world on ourselves, not quite getting the balance right. But as I read these words, I was so moved by them. And I thought, there we have Jesus Christ. There we have the Son of God emptying himself. Why did he empty himself? He did it for you and he did it for me. His love was so great. His love was so great. His dedication to seeing the world saved was so there that he would empty himself, that he would leave the comfort of heaven to come to earth and didn't live a life of, of beauty. He lived a brutal life, a life where he went so far as to a cross for you and I. Other versions said he made himself nothing. He gave up divine privileges. He made himself of no reputation. And as I pondered on these words, it just hit me afresh about what he did for me. 
a number of years ago, it was probably a couple of decades ago now, there used to be some uh, Christian memorabilia, like bracelets that would have WWJD, which was what would Jesus do? And they were bracelets. Did anyone remember them? And uh, you get all sorts of things and a lot of people got into them. And I think it was great because I think it was helping people to maybe remind themselves in certain situations, what do I do here? Which, which way do I go here? And maybe just looking at that bracelet might just think, what would Jesus do? I'll, uh, I'll follow his lead. And I think it was actually a great thing because really in this life, that's what we should do. We should be following the lead of the Lord Jesus. We should be looking to him, to how he did life, to help give us direction on how we do life. But I was so moved by this. I was thinking about in Isaiah 53, where it speaks clearly and concisely about the coming of Jesus, a prophetic word that was to describe what he would go through. Because not only did he leave his divine privileges to come on earth but he went through all sorts of things on earth for you and for I in that chapter it talks about he was despised and rejected by men he was pierced he was crushed he was oppressed and afflicted he was like a lamb led to the slaughter he was wounded and I think he did all of that for us he did all of that for us and I just think at the start of a new year it's Maybe a good opportunity for all of us to maybe pause in life, to remember what he did for us, but then to come back to think, what's my response to that? If he did that for me, what can I do for him? And take a moment to consider how we have been tracking in life, how we want to track in life, to kind of think clearly about what can we do in our lives for Him. The start of a new year, a chance to maybe get some things going in a beautiful direction in a wonderful way. I think about the lady in Matthew 26 who, who took the very, very expensive jar of perfume and broke it and, and, and laid that across, across Jesus. And I was thinking, why did she do that? She did that for him. That bottle of perfume was almost a year's wages. Just take that into consideration here today. The whole next year of your wages poured out on Jesus. And I think what sacrifice she did. And I think all of us in life need to make sure we're living where there's an element some element of sacrifice for our life, sacrifice because he sacrificed, we're surely we've got to do something. Surely we need to respond. Surely there's something we can do to extend ourselves, to get our priorities in a way, to something that would cost us something because he paid the ultimate cost of his life for each and every one of us. What is there that we can do? 1 John 2.6 says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. He led, he went before us. Now we have a pathway to follow. We have a way to do life. And I would love to think all of us here can think about, maybe just think, okay, there's a year ahead of me. There's a whole year before me. What can I do? What can I do in these coming 12 months some form of sacrifice, something that may cost me some time, some energy, maybe some finances, that I can be part of continuing what Jesus came to do, and that is to build the kingdom of God. 
And I'm not here to say today, let's, uh, let's work so hard that we, we burn out. I'm not talking about burning out, but I'm talking about living in a way that is a life of cost, a life of sacrifice for him. I can remember uh, when uh, my wife and I brought our first home just over six years ago, and when we uh, had our offer accepted on this house, we kind of paused and thought, it's not quite at a state that we want to live in. It was uh, kind of felt neat and tidy, but the lady who had uh, who recently passed away, who was living in the house, was very elderly, and the style wasn't quite the Hartley and Natalie style. So I remember uh, thinking, there's going to have to be some renovations. I don't want the, the, uh, that fluffy carpet she's got. I wasn't into lemon wars or mauve wars. I wasn't into these oyster lights. It was the curtains, you know, there was like frilly stuff. It just, it wasn't us. So I thought, what are we going to do? I thought, it's time for Hartley to learn how to renovate. I did what every great man on the earth does. I went straight to YouTube and I learned how to renovate. We didn't have to go and at the time touch the bathroom or kitchen. We left them, but there was a whole lot of work to do. It was ripping up all the carpet, exposing some floorboards, fresh carpet, new lights, but the whole thing needed a paint. And I thought, surely painting can't be that hard. So I learned the ways of a painter. I watched things on YouTube. And one thing I discovered as I dwelled into, I remember I had two weeks to get the house completely done so the family could move in. I lost kind of a day because the Monday was a public holiday in October. I had the keys by the Tuesday and uh, I remember driving from the northern beaches and arriving and, and getting into this, preparing the house to paint. And I'll tell you what, it was hard work. I had no idea how much sanding you had to do on walls to get them looking quite good. One of the things I discovered was I, I think I would think I had a wall kind of well sanded because the house was it had been quite was built in the 60s, so it was kind of it was old, and I, I would think I'd have this wall beautifully done, and and then the uh, the sun would come in at a different angle, and I'd see all these impurities, and I was trying to be a bit of a perfectionist. It was the house for our family to move in, and I, I'd kind of fix it up, and then I'd put the lights on at night, and I'd have a look, and there'd be more impurities and I'd like be fixing it just took me forever to sand and can I tell you it was hard work in the end sanding sanding using a sanding pile and then you hit the roofs and has anyone been there before it's quite taxing on your body this thing was taking me so long I think the first day I did a 12-hour day and then after that true story I had to ring Nat and said Nat there's no it's not worth me coming home to the northern beaches driving 45 minutes to come back here in the morning so what I started to do was do 18-hour days 6 a.m to midnight I actually slept on a kid's fold-out lounge for a couple of nights. True story, I found in the garage that I'd moved over. But what I found was that I had to, I had to empty myself to get this thing done. I had to work so hard. But do you know what? I, I kind of really found it. It wasn't burnout. It was, it was satisfying. I was preparing this home for my family. It was, it was good and it was exciting. And I might go to bed feeling tired at night, but I'd wake up energized, ready to take this thing on. And if there's one thing I've found, there's nothing more fulfilling or rewarding in this life than serving the Lord Jesus Christ, to serve Him, to go all out for Him, to do things for Him. So what is it this year that maybe we can all take a step towards to go and, and get the passion for Him and, and the cross and, and for Jesus and the kingdom of God in our own lives? And go forward in that as we live in a world that it needs the church. It needs the church to be on fire, passionate, wanting to further the kingdom of God. 
Because I'll tell you what, there's other people out there and they're very, very passionate about their beliefs. And it's just not enough to sit in church and, and live life during the week just like everyone else. It needs more than that. It needs a lot more than that. I've just finished a stunning book that I, I opened this week. I finished it in a week whilst watching a bit of cricket on some days off. It was a book about called, it's a, it's a New York bestseller called uh, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. And as I read through this book, I realized there's some, there's some groups out there who are very, very passionate about what they believe in. And they're praying a lot into that. They're, they're putting a lot of time and energy. They want their message to be extended. But we have the message of truth. We have the message of Jesus Christ. And it's our responsibility as believers in that to forward that into the world. And I want us to get into it. I think as a church, this should be such a passion of ours to go forward. He emptied himself for us. I think for him, what can each and every one of us do? Acts 20, 24, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Let's see people saved, people won for Jesus, the kingdom of God expanded. Every time someone gets saved here on C3 Kids or at youth or at youth camp or at Bankstown or, or Marylands or one of our C3 Care services, that's us, church. We can celebrate that together because that is a teamwork whether you're there or not, if you're putting your time and energy into building the house, serving in one area or another, it is us. We can celebrate. We can get excited about that. And I'd encourage us to be open to what the Lord might lead us to. Verse 8 says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. He became obedient. I think all of us need to get good at being obedient to what God calls us to do to seek him and find what is it that I can do? What is it that I can do? I can remember one of the most telling moments in my whole Christian walk was just over 10 years ago when uh, I wasn't at Silverwater. It was about maybe 10 years, three months ago and, and, and I was enjoying life. I had a newborn daughter, Sienna, and uh, my wife and I were serving at youth on a Friday night, going to church at Oxford Falls uh, campus over there on a Sunday night and I was enjoying life and but it just felt like there was more I could give. And I can remember having a couple of weeks in a row where I just felt like there was more, there was more in me. There was more in me and I wanted to go further in God. I wanted to do more for Him. And I can remember Sundays were like, they were good, but it was like surf in the morning, come home, have breakfast, get Natalie and Sienna, go back to the beach, buy the paper, read through the Sunday Telegraph, that glorious news night. And uh, I just felt like, you know, excited for church that night but I just felt like there was more and I did one thing and I started to say a prayer out of the depths of my heart and it went along the lines of just this very simple was God more of you and less of me more of you and less of me and I started to utter those words to heaven I love what God does when we start saying prayers like that because it was literally, literally within three months, my wife and I were asked to come out and be a part of the team here at Silverwater. Sundays never looked the same again. I've probably brought maybe, I don't know, 10 papers in the decade since. And life has just been about building the house of God, getting to do life with the people of this place for Him. 
for him. So maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, what is it for me? I'd ask you to seek him, to be obedient to what he might pull you to do. For him, maybe, maybe it's setting that alarm a little bit earlier every morning this year so you can spend more time in his word and in prayer. Maybe for him, church hasn't been a regular thing for you and maybe this is the year it becomes regular. Maybe for you, it's like, you know what? I'm here most Sunday mornings, but Sunday evenings, I'm just watching the news and a movie. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm going to get back to the house of God. I'm going to sit in his presence. I'm going to hear more of the word. Maybe I can come and help out serving in the nights, sit in the mornings or serve in the mornings and come and sit in the service at night. Maybe there's, there's a call for you for that. Maybe you're here and for him, you'll start attending that connect group this year. Maybe for you, for him, you'll run that connect group this year. For him, maybe you'll say, yes, it's time. I go deeper in the things of God. I'm going to go to Bible college. Five weeks time, Monday nights here, Bible college. Maybe you'll say, yes, that's me. Maybe you'll say, yes, it's time for him that I serve in a Sunday team. I serve in an outreach team. Maybe for him, it's time to sow into a relationship, trying to guide someone who's not in the Lord to bring him closer to to knowing the truth about Jesus. Maybe for him you'll be a bringer of people to church this year. Maybe for him you'll get water baptized. Maybe for him you'll attend an essentials course. Maybe for him this year you'll be regular as a tither and a giver in the house of God. Maybe for him you'll make it to our Tuesday night fortnightly prayer services. Today might be your day to go to the next step bar, straight out those doors, see where you are and see what your next step is. Some of our team will be here out there after the service, find out about Bible college, find out about the next essentials course, find out when the next water baptism is, find out for him what you can do. I think it's time that we did something and followed in Jesus' footsteps. He emptied himself. Because we have so many heroes that live life like this. So many heroes in this place. I, I think about Rhonda Sabat up there right now, translating into Arabic, who absolutely pours her life into building the house of God. Fridays were her day off. She now runs a service at Bella Vista on a Friday for our new arrivals from Syria and Iran and Iraq. Think about Gordon and Julie Lewis. For 35 years, they've been building C3 Church. (laughs) Since the earliest of days, building the house of God. They're heroes. They've done it for him. They've made the sacrifice. Think about Kathy Ashford, who just dreams to lead us into a place of closeness with the Lord through her worship. I could go around the room, there's people after people after people, and that's how they're living life. And I know sometimes they would be tired and it's a it's a stretch. But I think it's worth it every single time. Matthew 16 talks about, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Let's do that here today. Think, I'm going to take up that cross, I'm following, I'm going to do it. And it will be different for many of us. What is that thing? What is that next step? What is that thing that I can do for him? Can I encourage you? I'm not excluded out of this. Am I where I need to be in God? There's so much more for me. There's so much more for me. I was reading the Word of God a few weeks ago and 
and reading Psalm 1 and, and something in that passage stood out to me that, that was like a, I felt like a word of the Lord for me in my life. Something that I feel like this year I, I need to, to focus in on an area to improve in my walk with the Lord. Currently looking into maybe doing some more study. There's things I think all of us, sometimes they scare us, but I just know that it is going to be worthwhile. It is going to be worthwhile. As the band comes up now, Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. For him. Who wants to do it for him? And there's something I believe for all of us, if we would just seek his face, for all of us to step into. We're all in different parts of the journey and that is absolutely fine. But I think in all of our parts, wherever we are on the journey of following Jesus, I think all of us can take at least some forward momentum, some extra step, something more on our plate this year, knowing that he's always with us, Sometimes we're called to do something and it is scary. It's like, oh, I used to enjoy sitting in the cafe on a Sunday morning before church. And, oh, that team gets there at 8 o'clock? 8, eight o'clock? Surely not. Yeah, we, we arrive at 8 o'clock, get everything ready for the house of God to be magnificent and wonderful. Sacrifice. But he emptied himself. <laughs> it is so worth it, extending ourselves extending ourselves all for him.